Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. I want you to take a listen to the Social Democrat TD, Gary Gannon, on Patier earlier today. What we need is a proper metropolitan style of policing in the city that is ready and reactive, that actually has guards who are embedded in the city centre area, who understand the culture of policing, that sort of central environment is different to residential policing. We haven't really had that. We have guards who are one moment to be on Talbot Street dealing with the type of description, the type of incident I just described. The next moment they're going to have to go into the area and engage in a very different style of residential policing. Mm. We need a metropolitan police force in this city. We've never had one and we're lacking because of it. Is Gary Gannon right? A metropolitan police force. Pat Leahy is a former Garda assistant commissioner. Pat is with me on the line. Pat, I'll get your personal view on this in a moment, but will you just explain, first of all, what is a metropolitan police? How does it work? Well, look, there's two uh, separate views that Gary has given there, and I fully understand where Gary is coming from in terms of policing, but he's using the term uh, policing approach and police force. Now, if we have a metropolitan police force, that sounds to me like a separate entity that will set up a whole new structure in policing for the city, which I wouldn't support at all because I think it would splinter our resources. We've seen these across the world. Uh, many, many countries have them. But what we need is a, is a proper, uh, effective policing service in the city, uh, underpinned by community policing. And I know this, I know, I know Gary's constituencies quite well. And that's what they absolutely require is a really dedicated p- community policing approach. Now, you do have to have a public order um, uh, effective response in situations like that. And you probably do need a, a, a standing public order unit in the city or maybe two units in the city. But in terms of setting up a new police structure in the city centre, I wouldn't go for that. I think it would splinter our resources. I think you'd have some competition. You'd have arguments about boundaries and who's responsible for what. So I don't think it's the way forward for us, but I do understand where Gary is coming from. Okay, but uh, I mean, to break it down um, in terms of what we've watched and witnessed over the past couple of days, Pat, does it just mean that there's a dedicated public order city centre unit? I don't know whether you want to call them riot squad or public order unit or the Dublin City Police or whatever you want to call them, but we'll imagine they're still under the same banner of Angarda Siakana. To me, it just means there's more people in the streets of Dublin, more guards. Well, look, that's exactly what people have been calling for for quite a while now. We know the difficulties that uh, there are that exist now in respect of recruitment and retention. So that's an issue uh, for the guards at the moment. But I wouldn't be advocating for setting up a separate structure within the metropolitan area because it is called the Dublin metropolitan area. But uh, we need to be part and parcel of a national service. The rules and regulations that apply to the national service have to apply to the people that are policing in Dublin. But Gary has a point in terms of you have to have people that are ready patrolling and policing specific areas that are not being pulled from one place to another. They have to develop relationships with the people in there. I mean, that's the bedrock of community policing. And if you want to understand the community you're policing, you must be embedded with them. You must understand their problems. You must be involved in problem solving on a daily basis. Therefore, you have to own the area that you're policing. So I do understand where he's coming from in terms of the approach. I just wouldn't uh, establish a new police service in that area. But uh, absolutely, look, people are screaming for change uh, at the moment. But equally, I have to say, coming out of what happened last Thursday, we have to be unified in our approach now to dealing with this. This is a, uh, a job for government to get the key stakeholders around the table and determine, OK, this is an emerging crisis. 
we have to deal with it from a crisis management perspective because it's not going away. So how are we defining the problem? We must have a collective understanding of what the problem is instead of uh, tit for tatting around the discussion around this and maybe focusing too much on policing alone. We need to have a task force that sets us up. Everybody has a collective understanding. Now we see what issues arise as a consequence of what we have agreed we're dealing with. What's our strategic aim going forward and what actions do we need to engage in now collectively to bring okay. about the strategic aim we're looking for. So there has to be a strategy in place for this, but there has to be some thinking put into it and it has to be a crisis management strategy because they're well tested. The, the, just on the crisis management element of all of this, like to you, does that mean more you know, the public order unit out and about every day, their presence? Now, I was in, in, in Italy, in Rome recently, and like you see the state police, they are quite literally, Pat, on every street corner. They're, they're everywhere. Yep. You don't walk, you don't walk a hundred metres, but you're tripping over them. And if, and if it's not the state police, it's the, uh, is it the, uh, um, Carabinieri, the, the, the other, other military police that they have as well, the civilian police. Like, like there are just police everywhere. Yeah, but you look. You have to look at the history of the state to determine, like you know, why they would have such a, a police service. I don't envisage we we should go there. I don't think we should go there. I think what we had uh, as a, as a nation in terms of policing, like you know, has served us well. They were community based. There was an underpinning community philosophy, which you now we've been called out on in in, in uh, recent years. Uh, that has begun to dwindle and we, we don't have the same connection with communities that we used to have. Uh, if we don't uh, arrest that uh, decline, we're going to find ourselves really following into a long line of other police services that are disconnected from communities. So either we have a community policing philosophy or we don't. The Commission on the Future Policing called us out and it said, actually, what you're doing, your actions don't uh, re- reflect the view you have of yourselves as a community mm. policing oriented police force, like, you know, which was quite hard hitting, but they were not okay. inaccurate in what, they, in what they said. We have to fix this, but we have to fix it as a collective. Some of the conversations going on at the moment are very divisive. That is playing right into the hands of the people that were uh, pushing what happened last Thursday and will continue to push it. This insidious undercurrent that is developing our country, if we appear to be uh, uh, disunited in this, we'll play right into their hands. Richard's on the line as well, Pat. Um, Richard, I believe you served as a police officer in the UK. Do you think we need a Metropolitan Police Service in Ireland? Good afternoon. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a necessity. And, and to be honest, I think there's a little bit too much emphasis at the moment being put on uh, the you know, change within the guards, you know, and, and talk crisis management. I mean, one one riot that was very quickly stamped out by the guards very effectively doesn't constitute to me a major crisis. But the, the guards, um, from what I can see, and from you know, the, you know the, how how good a city Dublin is from a safety point of view, doesn't necessitate a massive overhaul of how the guards operate. We should be focusing more on on the people that are committing the crime and not and not knee-jerk reaction to, oh, God, the guards have to change because of one night of unrest. So as a, as a um, police, police former police officer outside of the, uh, the jurisdiction, actually your view on how Thursday night panned out was quite successful then, in terms of the well, response? Look, it, like- it, 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 it's a very unpleasant thing to have happen, obviously, and everyone, and everyone is rightly so concerned about it. But, I mean, generally speaking, if you look at... Um, policing in Ireland, and policing in Ireland is not usually different to policing around the world. I mean, it's community-led. Um, the guards have always had a very good reputation for being a community police force. You know, it doesn't use force 
um, you know, uh, randomly and, and excessively. You know, you, you look at the Met Police, have issues with the riot squads in the Met Police. You know, on, on one hand, you talk about community policing. If you have a really robust firearms unit all the time or a really robust public order, you know, you've got community policing trying to make you know, friends with the community. And next minute, you've got riot police pushing people around the streets. It, it isn't conducive to, to that um, uh, um, integrated kind of policing model. It, it can cause problems. So I, I think I think that the, from the, you know, the guards' point of view, having a separate police force for Dublin doesn't really make any sense. It's not it's not as if you are, are suffering so badly that that this amount of change is required. I think the focus should be on um, on on the people that are causing this and the criminality. And 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 my view is leave the guards as they are. I think they're doing a pretty good job. Okay, architect Roisin Murphy is is with us on the line as well, Richard and Pat. Um, Roisin. You have an interesting take, though, on how we could perhaps improve things in Dublin city centre and, and not from the policing perspective. I mean, I think that the problem with Dublin city is it has been allowed run into an awful lot of dereliction. There are swathes of streets that have been basically uninhabited for 10 years while they're waiting for specialist development to happen. There is not enough street cleaning. There's inefficient sanitation in some of our Georgian squares. Um, there is just a general, there is such a need for this directly elected mayor and hopefully they will bring some change to Dublin with that. But one of the biggest problems we have as well is the the increasing problem with rates in Dublin that are shutting businesses down. Now, small businesses keep streets alive, streets that are full of life and commerciality and make it easier for you to walk up and down the road because you can't have guards at every street corner. Now, we do have a deficit of uh, um, street guards in Ireland. There's, without a shadow of a doubt, there is just not enough guards on the streets. But there's also not enough cleaning. There's not enough civic pride. There is an absence of, what I would say, even in terms of our markets, the way the markets were all shut down over a period of 10, 20 years and never reopened. So all of this adds to a sort of general era of, like we're waiting for the party to happen, but in the meantime, the streets really are dead. And when there's dead streets, there's opportunities for all sorts of antisocial behaviour. And, and basically, it's not safe. They're not lit. Okay. They're not inhabited. So, you so mean we've streets, got that urban agenda going on. In, streets in with a lot moment. of derelict buildings yeah, that end up der- being ransacked and... Well, just there's a, there's a problem with getting the living over the shop initiative. There's a problem with the fire regulations and that and people being able to, like there's a problem, there's not enough people living in Dublin city centre still. There isn't, there's quite a lot of hotels moving into the area with very, now I, the only way I can describe this is if you have a large elephant's footprint in a path there's, and versus a small dog's footprint. If, like the dog is a small shop unit that somebody can open a shop and a business and the elephant is the hotel size speculative. That rates that that rent is very difficult for anybody to even run a business and the market is, is say a fruit and veg market or the likes of Liberty Market or whatever they all are tiny mouse footprints so very ordinary stall holders and street holders could inhabit and do business but there isn't a facility at the moment for people to live and do enough business in Dublin for it to be alive so when you go into the city centre you know, you, you the, the, and God bless the businesses after Thursday night. I mean, they have enough of a struggle as sure it I is. But what happened on Thursday night and it was horrific. That hate speech, that stuff to stir up all that um, racism, to be honest with you, is horrific. And, and no help to us either. And not okay. part of the civic mindedness of Dubliners.
just go back past just to um to Roisin's point there around the the broken windows theory or the broken windows policy like is something even as simplistic as that how would that help in terms of the wider response in Dublin city centre where where you just maybe you couldn't have broken windows derelict buildings sit, sitting in city centre streets anymore have to be cleaned up well Look, the broken windows theory goes back to 1989. Guys called Wilson and Telling researchers actually came up with the broken windows theory, which is quite a simple theory in terms of if you don't fix the small things, they'll become bigger things. Okay, small problems become bigger problems. Like, you know, it was taken on then as part of the zero tolerance approach in New York uh, years later, and Wilson and Telling telling completely dismissed themselves or disassociated themselves with its use in that context. It's a very different policing approach. Now, my uh, experience with Dublin City Centre is there's a very tight-knit community in there in terms of Dublin City Council aid you know, that are hell-bent and have been for many years in cleaning up the city and making it a place. And they've done really, really well uh, on the whole. I have to say that, right? I was party to it. But in terms of the, the uh, my, my first point here was we need to define the problem collectively and understand what we're dealing with here. If we don't do that, because this was not an ordinary riot and it's not a matter of oh, this is just for the police to address. And they did a great job on the night. Yes, the individual guards that were out there on that night did a powerful job and they're to be complimented and commended for putting themselves in harm's way to bring the city under control. But there's an undercurrent there that is after developing over the last 18 months to two years that is not going to go away and they are rubbing their hands together looking at what happened on Thursday night. They, they achieved their aims. They brought chaos to the city centre. They brought fear. They've started a discourse now. They've uh, caused people to have diverse uh, views in relation uh, to this, so they're sitting back rubbing their hands together. And we have to be more mature now as a state and say, hold on a second, we have to manage the conversation, the discourse around this. And we cannot accept simplistic answers because it's not simple. We have to acknowledge what we're actually dealing with, collective understanding of the problem. Okay. And then we have to make the necessary changes to address that. Now, we should not be taking our lead from other international uh, organisations that have been through this because, for the most part, they haven't gotten it right. And it has led to stronger legislation in terms of protests, uh, which for us is a constitutional right. And we need to protect that as much as we Well, it's funny can. you say that because you know, a lot of the messages, I know I talked about Italy there, you know, and, and what I saw recently, like Ed has got in touch. His view, we need a permanent urban public order unit modelled on the French. I've always felt much safer uh, in, the, in the centre of Paris than I've ever felt in the centre of Dublin. Message from Ed. Another texter. I'm only back from Barcelona and Berlin. Extremely visible police presence. Felt very safe when I was there for the entire time. Interesting text too here from this listener. Um, I can't call in. I'm listening. I'm a serving guard and I'd be disciplined for speaking on, on a radio station. But the main thing that needs to change is the amount of change. Let police be police. Four times so far this year, um, the way I apply for annual leave has had to change, get more guards out, remove the red tape, the constant reports, etc. And just let us very simply do our job that we signed up to do. Just the message from uh, somebody in the guards today. Maureen's on the line. Maureen, you were listening there to um, Pat and, and Roisin and we were talking about Gary Gannon and the, you know, a sort of a dedicated metropolitan police. Or, is that the kind of thing you're in favour of? Yeah, I lived in Italy for 20 years, Andrea. And I agree thoroughly with you. Once the police are out there, the Garibandi, it'll deter any of the Gurriers. And half the city of Dublin, especially Talbot Street, is rampaged 
with, I won't mention the people where they're from, but they're robbing and stealing and there's no police around. There should be police. I was just end on this. I was in uh, Grafton Street yesterday. It was lovely. There was a guard a police car going down and the place seemed to be fantastic in order and there were police everywhere. So that's mm-hmm. the answer. I don't know who your man is that was talking, but his talk doesn't seem to be agreeing with uh, with what the other countries are doing. Yeah. Paris, Italy. That's what's needed. Yeah, they, they, Simple as that. And it'll deter them. They won't be coming out trying to attack the police. Richard, it would appear though even from some of the texts, and I, I know you're no longer in um, in the the Met Police in the UK or, or in the, the force there, but but like a lot of people even talking about being in London and living in London previously and just again, presence, police presence and how visible it is by comparison to here. More police, I don't think anyone's going to argue for that one. A separate police force for Dublin is not, is not you know, the, the way of doing that. It's just more police officers, of course. Um, you know, police officers standing on street corners is a very expensive thing for for Ireland to fund. So, you know, we, I, I think a lot of the commentary about this sounds, you know, to me sounds as if the police need to be stronger in dealing with you know criminality. And if you look at every country in the world, we're all all countries are suffering the same thing. I think Canada too, same kind of problem that we are getting more and more. That, you know, more and more crime, and the police seem to be more and more you know, unable to deal with it. You know, I don't know if that's because we've become more liberal or or, or we've become more kind of uh, police service orientated. I mean, you know, we used to call it, we used to be called police forces, and now it's called a police service. There's a change in the way we we are dealing mm. with criminality. We're trying to be more friendly. I, whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, you can't argue that there's like guys just kind of move towards a more um, kind of socially uh, uh, gentle style of policing yeah well um, it's, and, it's and, an interesting and, point and, that and actually again, you know it's, it's, it's a complicated it is a complicated environment what one your, your colleague you know, called a minute ago saying about dublin has deprivation from an architect's point of view that's their solution from a policing point of view i'd say you know be more forceful from yeah. a community point of view less drugs There's, it is a, a very complex situation um and there isn't one set answer but as, as i said at the start Certainly the answer isn't suddenly to knee-jerk and say, oh, my God, we had one riot, the police force needs to change. I think Ireland should be very proud of the guards, very proud of what they do. And generally speaking, this is a very safe country to be in with a well-respected force. I don't think the answer is making knee-jerk reactions okay. on how we change policing. Yeah, how we change society in crime will probably give us better better benefit. It's a, it's a sort it's an interesting um summary of uh, you know of, of how to look at it actually from from Richard the police force versus what we now have which is a, a police service I would say let's be honest about it a huge part of the problem is uh, the guards are are afraid not afraid of of those out rioting um afraid of the people last Thursday night but afraid of of potential repercussions themselves that they could personally face and that's why there's now this call today on the policing authority to to clarify actually what is the appropriate use of force and when can you use it and if you do use it will you be supported for using it because that's that to me is certainly a huge part of the problem in in all of this conversation any guards I talk to will tell you that actually is the sole issue um 0871401106 is the whatsapp number if you want to get in touch about this today Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.